You are listening to Chaos on the Set, a Chaotic TV and Film Review Podcast. Two of your usual Marvel hosts are here today. I'm Shruti. I'm Kate. And of course, because we are covering another Marvel movie, we need to bring back our Marvel expert and our Moonstruck expert, Leah. (laughs) Every time she comes on now, she's breaking a record because she's our most uh, valued guest, most frequent guest. Leah, thanks for coming back again to break down Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Thank you so much. (laughs) The you up text I got from you was so good. (laughs) <laughs> I just texted Leah. A, I texted Leah a gif of like Ant Man in big size from, I guess Civil War. Um, like kind of like sliding into the screen, and she was like, "Oh, here we go." And I was like, "Were you expecting this text? Can you come <laughs> on the pod next weekend?" And she was literally, gracious enough to grace us with her presence. Yeah, literally, like when Shruti was like, "Okay, we're gonna cover Ant Man Quantumania or Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania." Ugh. Um, aye, aye. She was like, should I text Leah? And I was like, slide in. (laughs) Um, I mean, Leah, let's get your thoughts off the bat because I feel like you may be the most positive uh, person (laughs) about this movie. Not that I hated it. Kate, you hated it. Can you confirm? I did. (laughs) But we're going to try and be as positive as possible and frame it as more of a, again, like we did with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, an MCU health check-in instead of uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania shit talk sesh. I I will make what I did not like known, but I will do it briefly and try to, you know, think of the positives. (laughs) Especially because now, you know, we're over a week out of the movie coming out. So, you know, the, the... granular things i mean i'm still gonna be granular and annoying but they're less big of a deal anyway leah big takeaways what'd you think of the movie i can't say that i loved it but i think my mcu health check is higher than i expected it to be after this movie i i I really went in with a toot i really (laughs) went in mad about the trailers mad about like what i thought defined an an x-men movie jesus an ant-man movie (laughs) um and then was pleasantly surprised. What made you mad about the trailer? Like, that they looked so depressing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it was just, like... So different from an Ant-Man where's, movie. Where's Louise? Where's right. Bobby Where Cannavale? Where's Judy Louise, Greer? Honestly. This, we need to launch a search party. It's not an Ant-Man movie yeah. without Louise's story time. Like, it was severely lacking. But I did forget about how funny and weird Michael Douglas is in these movies. And when he kind of took over the third act a little bit, I was like, oh, okay. I do really like <laughs> it's him. It's still an Ant-Man movie. And I was I was so, sort of pleasantly surprised also by how, like, self-contained it was. Um... It was more of its just, like, own story than I thought it was going to be. Like, you could call it a lead-up to Kang, but he doesn't... That Kang doesn't ultimately matter. He's gone. He's only well, for this he's story. he's really gone. So <laughs> it we didn't see a body. I think we so. We didn't see a dead body, and, and that means Marvel. That means they not dead. Mm. Wait, sorry. I know we'll probably get way deeper into Kang later, but... I, just for clarity, because there is a movie coming out called Avengers of the King Dynasty, so we knew he wasn't going to die. Right. So, but we're sure that that king is not going to be the Quantumania king. I guess, I mean, I guess we're not, I, but. Listen, I think because we did not see a dead body and he got sucked into that, like, core that, you mm-hmm. know, that energy core that he used to travel between dimensions and stuff, I truly think that somehow that motherfucker is still out there and will make an appearance again in, you know, the next 
you know, phase of movies with the, with his variants. I really think he will. And it'll be that one and not another one. I do kind of like that Loki and the Quantum Mania have now both had a, a Kang variant be like, oh, you don't have to worry about me. We have to worry about the next one. I know, <laughs> seriously. I think that's a, that's kind of a good bit. I kind of like it. It's like I don't their catchphrase. keep it up. Like, no, 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 not me, yeah. that guy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not the one you need to worry about. It's these other guys. They're crazy. I am I am excited to see in Avengers Kang just Jonathan Majors, more of Jonathan Majors having to just act like his life is on the fucking line because he's got to <laughs> do, like, how many variants is he going to have to do in, like, that movie if it's literally called Avengers, like, Kang? Like, you know, he's probably going to have to do, like, over 15 different versions of himself, and I think that's going to be so fun. I mean, let's... I feel like we should just get into Kang now since yeah. we're already on the topic. Let's do it. Um, so he's the big bad of this movie, but he's also going to be the big bad of this phase, of all the next two phases. How do y'all feel? I mean, it's weird to call this a character intro because we've already met a version of him right. in Loki season two, which the, I think the Loki season two intro was amazing. He's so fun. It's yeah. like truly a season finale that's mainly just talking and yet you're gripped the whole time. Yeah. Um. How about this one? It's a different king. Do y'all like him? Are y'all intrigued by him? What's going on here? I liked him a lot. And I think Jonathan Major's portrayal in this movie of this version of Kang is probably the one shining, like, positive review I have of the film. I think, like, he was really a standout. I remember, so the scene where he's in the prison and um, Ant-Man and then his daughter Cassie are both... Um, in the cells. When he, and when he threatens to kill his daughter and then replay the death of the daughter yes, over and over on Tamman. That was so scary. When he says that and when he's got them both like in this little force grasp thing, I was like genuinely frightened. And I was like, wow, there is I, like even more than Thanos ever scared me. I was like, wow, there is like no way out for these two. Like this is horrifyingly scary and like above their skill level or expertise like this guy is such a threat and i think he portrayed it really really well so jonathan majors please step on my face (laughs) i will say yes he's so scary like i was so scared during that scene and i normally hate it when people talk uh power dynamics and like well blah 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 is stronger than blah 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 so obviously they would crush them in a second like i (laughs) genuinely don't care about that shit however if you're setting up the villain of the next phase or two phases and he loses two ants. Right. Like, how scary is he then? I mean, okay, I don't know if y'all know this, but my three biggest visual fears in the world, the things I hate to look at the most, so like not like dying alone. Number one, ants. Wow. Ants are so <laughs> terrifying. They don't, you guys, we are underestimating their strength. They could take over the world if they wanted to. When they come in mass quantities, which is my number two fear, things in mass quantities, like, uh, <laughs> like, there was literally an episode of Phineas and Ferb where, like, a basket of bunnies falls out of the sky, and it freaked me the fuck out because I was like, there's so many of them, they could take over the world. So I hate that. Um, and I hate um, weird size changes, like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids wow. dynamics really freaks me out. I so you hate watching really, that stuff. Were you just, like, like frightened the, during this movie? <laughs> I mean, I'm very lucky. Shout out to my friend Diana in Germany who gave me a very specific ant spoiler thread where, because she knows I'm very uh, anti-spoilers, but she also knows I'm very scared of ants. So she described all of the scenes where the ants will be coming in, and I knew when to look away, and I'm so lucky for that. But the fact that scary 
thousand-year-old super-powered ants that are more intelligent than Michael Douglas's Pym particle scientist <laughs> save the world? Like, guys, well, are we not more frightened about this? That's and and I mean, if you want to talk about that, that's where my gripes of the movie are. Like, and, like a lot of it is like, this makes no fucking sense. And I really liked. How about this? I really liked second act Kang in that film. Third act Kang got like a power nerf and I just don't understand it and that was my gripe with the end especially the ending of the film was like why was this guy who literally felt like the most powerful person in the MCU reduced to a bunch of ants and a oh and a, a, a glo- glob like face with tiny legs that was like I'm not a dick and then rammed him <laughs> what <laughs> Aaliyah what do you think about that <laughs> About the end? I about guess, the power about dynamics. Kang, like, the like, power dynamics, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, the rules of the quantum realm are still kind of goofy, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah, because um, even, like... I like that the I like that the ants were communists. That was nice. <laughs> Wait, how were the ants communists? He said Hank he said says they were so. socialists, I He's, think. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, well, and the, but then he says, and I thought this was hilarious in a Disney film, he goes, I know socialism is a tough word. <laughs> However, we could learn a lot from these ants. Oh, my God. I, I was obviously very trying to look away and not think about what was going on on the screen because I missed that. Oh, my God. I'm genuinely, like, uncomfortable sitting in my chair right now. Yeah, wow, because so, that, 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 like, last, like, ten minutes was just people getting huge ants in mass quantity. Okay, people but huge was ant people getting huge, right? I mean, Leah... Uh, like, no. They're huge, <laughs> but they're small. Yeah, It doesn't make any sense. Like, right? you can't see yes. Even me, who doesn't like things being freakishly large or freakishly small, I was like, it, it didn't bother me, because they're just freakishly huge in front of a green screen. Like, who the fuck yeah. cares? I, yeah. it, you couldn't notice the gravitas of it, unlike... Like, uh, this is not my original thought. I heard about it on the podcast, how, like, the first Ant-Man movies... Like, the fight scene with the huge Thomas the Tank Engine train, like, that is the fun of it. There's none of that yeah, in this movie. that's the thing. I wanted yeah. more... My favorite thing about the Ant-Man movies is that they get to interact with very large objects while they're tiny people. And I miss that so much. And that's because I felt like most of the fight scenes in this were, I'm small so that I can run up to you and hit you and then turn big as I'm hitting you and then you fall down. Because the whole, like... The whole like tap and hit and tap thing that Cassie that was part like, was cute when uh, Paul Rudd is cute. teaching Cassie how to yeah. fight. But I was like the fight scenes I felt like were just so watered down from the first two films. It really just made me sad. It didn't feel like an Ant Man movie to me. The they only used the disky thing once, right? When Michael Douglas threw it at when they were getting away from Bill Murray. Yes, and he makes so. the giant, yeah. the tiny squid and that Bill Murray his, was eating his, giant. His terrifying famous gag. <laughs> Famous gag: throw little discs at things, make them big, like, <laughs> or small. Oh, and 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 Cassie the handed the the cop car to the cop, and was oh, like, right, but you uh, didn't see her do it. She's just like, here's that. No. I did like that when it was like, here I found this, and the sirens were going. <laughs> this movie is both a cab and socialist. Let's go. True. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's one positive thing. Okay, before we move on too much to King, I just because Leah is our Marvel expert, right? Are you oh are you worried about like I what was it? The Midnight Boys on the Ring of Verse were saying we've now seen Kang lose twice. We never really saw Thanos lose until Endgame, right? He right. wins in Infinity War. He kind of went like 
And not I, I agree with you, Kate, in the sense that Jonathan Major's presence was scarier to me than Josh Brolin's presence mm-hmm. as that villain. But and I, I don't want to be like this comic book nerdy thing. But like again, he loses to ants and he loses to lo- two Lokis. Like, are we worried about that going forward? Not really. Well, okay. So Josh Brolin is like was so much more got weirdly grounded because he still had a a task. He had to like uh-huh. find things. Find jewels. <laughs> to find these little stones around the universe. Yeah. <laughs> like a little pretty, pretty princess. Um, but I think the fact that Kang is... St- even if he loses, he's unfazed. Like, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really lose in Loki. No, he told yeah. them to kill. He's like, hey, kill me. He's <laughs> like, you can just kill me. I win either way. It does not matter. Yeah. And he stabs him, and then Loki ends up in a TVA... That is like knowingly controlled by Kang, whatever yeah. that means. We'll find out. But again, that would probably be another king as well, right? Yeah. Okay. So I guess the fact that there's thousands of kings make me less concerned about this king losing there's to Ants. So and many. and they're all working together as has made um made canon by the post credit scene in this film where they're all like in the arena and they're like, Yeah, let's yeah. have a meeting and a conference. <laughs> They're the ones that banished that Kang to the quantum realm. Right. So he's the one that they don't even like. <laughs> so they were like, yeah, dude, get eaten by ants for all we care. Whatever. Yeah. This one small little gripe that I have um, about this movie also is that when uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Janet, finds out that Kang has been wiping out whole universes, she says all of those timelines are gone. As a viewer, right, of a story, you would call that a timeline. Like, as we've been explained how the multiverse works, we see these different timelines branching out. There's the sacred timeline, Mm -hmm. et cetera. But if you existed in that universe, would you refer to another universe as a timeline? I feel like you would be like, hey, that's another universe. Exactly. It's, again, I know it's so petty, but you wouldn't, like, if if there was a variant Shruti, I wouldn't be like, oh, her timeline, because it's my life. It's not. In a very great film called Everything Everywhere All at Once, I'm pretty sure they called them, like, also timelines because yeah, it was do. like every decision that you make branched into a new timeline i guess um, i, I did just also, rewatch like, that you, last night and i don't remember you have to you have to imagine that they are also talking around the dinner table about endgame and the time heist okay fair 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 and so they might they might get into it there i don't know okay they loved i think i would love just like and i know it might be annoying for some viewers but i think i need it as a viewer just like an exposition or just a discussion with some of these characters talking about like what really is like the science behind multiverses because so far i'm just like so fucking confused i'm just like (laughs) every time someone makes a little comment about it in the film and they expect me to like totally understand it i'm like what are we talking about i don't know i would love that like and I just I, the- I need a scene where it's like like you said we're all around the dinner table and we're like so pass the rolls also tell me about the quantum <laughs> like not the quantum realm I mean the multiverses in length please you know who would be great at that Louise <laughs> Louise would be so good he 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 would tell a nice descriptive but easy to understand story and I would love him for it. It would actually be incredibly hard to understand, but we would still love it. <laughs> He'd be like yeah. Oh. <laughs> But he'd do his best. I don't know. I like 
Leah, I asked you this before if like Michael Pena was intentionally kept out of this movie, but he was just like never in the script, right? Apparent, apparently, yeah, that was just like never a plan, which is crazy to me. They brought in Skadoodle Face from WandaVision. Yeah, they. Randall Park. Oh yeah, yeah, they <laughs> did. He got, he got, he got a second. Well, he's his his character intro is Ant Man and the Wasp because he's the FBI yeah. agent. So. I wouldn't say we're bringing him from WandaVision. He belongs in this universe. <laughs> but so does Bobby Cannavale. This film True. felt so incredibly crowded, though. So I'm kind of like, yeah, could Luis have fit in? I personally think if they wanted like more comedic relief in this film, which I kind of thought was lacking for an Ant-Man film, I think Luis would have been the perfect person. And how funny would it have been if they did have someone who kind of got like sucked into the quantum realm with them and... He's like, I don't know how to fight. I'm just here, guys. Like, you better protect me, you know? Like, Yeah. Uh, well, it's weird that you say this movie felt so crowded because it's crowded and yet there's not a single character nothing, arc. No Nobody changes. Anything. I know. And, like, it's so frustrating to me because, like, first of all, when they are going into the quantum realm, that's, like, 20 minutes into the movie. I was like, oh, this is fast. Like, I would have loved to hang out in San Francisco for longer, but fine. Okay, we're, we're going into this. It was very then fast. Then they get separated and you have... Janet with her daughter Hope, two characters who have been estranged for a really long time, reuniting and connecting over lost time. And Paul Rudd and Cassie together, sorry, Scott and Cassie together, who also have that same lost time need to, like, the arc is there. You can literally, like, the story is almost writing itself to see these two people that are separated and finding themselves to connect to each other. But instead, we're wasting, it takes over half an hour into them being in the quantum realm, Janet is still saying, I can't explain it to you. I'm just trying to protect oh you. God. Why not? Like, Why can't you explain it? That annoyed me so like, much. Like, you're already down there and you know that he's down there. You've like, got tons of time. Tell. Also, like, where I would have been excited for some of these guest appearances in other films, I was kind of, like, annoyed because I just feel like they were, like, so, for example, Chidi from The Good Place was in the film. Did he do anything? No, and it just kind of like made me sad because I was like, "Oh, Cheaty, I love Cheaty," but like his character had nothing to do. Same with Bill Murray. Whoa, Bill Murray's in a Marvel film. We already knew this because we covered Groundhog Day like a few <laughs> weeks ago, and I was like, "Hey, Bill Murray's gonna be an Ant Man." Did he literally do anything? No, and it's like, why? Why should I be excited for Marvel to? pull these big actors into this film that will make us excited because we recognize them from other like installments and then give them nothing to do and then just say bye you know like i don't know that, that I, you make a good point it felt so crowded but yet it felt like no one talked to anyone and and did anything yeah i don't know the closest i could come is that it it's like cassie wanted to get scott to care again yeah. don't even get me started on cassie <laughs> let's 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 get into Cassie. Oh, no. I would love to. I would love to get into Cassie. Oh, no. You guys don't know what you're unleashing in me. Here's. Oh, I mean, boy. I think here's the number one issue. Honestly, is young Cassie is the cutest little kid in the whole world. Like yeah. every time she's on screen in both Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp, I'm so enamored by her. Like I get it. Kids grow, and also you know me, anti child actors. So happy that she's not doing it anymore. Although Catherine Newton is also pretty young. But anyway. <laughs> How do you, how do you think? I mean, obviously she's a recast. She's not the same. You're so big girl from Avengers Endgame. But how which, do y'all think? Which, Catherine which did? I have to be honest. I know that the second Cassie Emma Furman. I know she only had like a micro small part in Endgame, but I really liked that scene where she reunited 
with mm-hmm. Scott. And I thought that that actress did a really good job. And I looked it up and that actress, she's like 21 now. So I didn't, I understand they recasted because they wanted a bigger name because that let's be, let's be honest, like that second Cassie, the actress has like not a ton of credits, like, like the, you know, third Cassie does. I understand that. But it was just, like, frustrating to have her recast again only, like, what, four years later? I don't know. I didn't frustrate me just because she's so small of a role in Avengers Endgame that it wasn't, like, it didn't take me out of it. But I understand her, like. It didn't take me that much out of it, too. I'm just making a little complaint. It's a bummer. Overall, Kate, do you want to get into you hating Cassie? (laughs) So I've actually been pretty favorable towards what I am assuming is going to be the band of young Avengers that have been just being introduced movie after movie, show after show in uh, these new phases, right? I've, I've actually really liked a lot of them. Um, I really like Kate Bishop, maybe because I just have a crush on... Um, Haley. Yeah, I have a crush on Haley Seinfeld, so maybe that's why. Um, I just love her. I, I really like Riri Williams from Wakanda Forever, and I just Kamala feel like... Khan. Sorry, just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like Kamala. Yeah, sorry, sorry. The one time I got emotional during this movie was when Kamala Khan showed up in the Marvel logo. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Like, those characters, I felt like, had good arcs dedicated to themselves where they were, like, learning and, and growing and maybe, like, a little flawed and things like that. Cassie was just so, t- like, 2D in this film, truly. Because, like, her whole arc is, hey, Dad, you need to be a better person. I'm a good person. I go to, like, protests, and I'm, like, an advocate. And But you're not a good person. So I need to teach you to be a better person, right? Like, that's literally what their arc is. And I just, like, I don't know. She just feels so Mary Sue to me. She, like, I know at first she struggled to use the Sue and, like, learn, like, how to, like, tap and kick or whatever. But that was, like, the only struggle I felt from her, you know, was, like, hey, dad, be a better person, because I'm already, like, a good person, and, oh, no, I need to learn how to use these powers, and I feel bad, because I actually like the actress a lot, but I feel like she had, like, nothing to work with, and every time she was on screen, I was just, like, I'm just ready for, like, more self-righteousness, like, Cassie being, like, we have to save everyone, we have to be good people, yeah, like, it's just, oh, my god, (laughs) I don't know what you guys think, maybe I'm being too harsh. I'll just say that, I think that I they they need to put some kind of friction in Cassie and Scott's relationship because everything can't be as happy go lucky as it as actually ends up being, but whatever. Because Cassie and Scott's relationship is so close and endearing in the first two Ant-Man movies, if they made her like more mad at him or gave them more tension, I think it kind of would have devastated me. Like I just need them to be fine and them to be like best friends. You know what I mean? Like in the second movie when she's like, I can be your partner. I can watch your back. Like it's so cute. And so they could have ratcheted the tension and made more conflict between the two of them. But I think I would have been devastated if they had problems. Like, I just need them to be happy dad and daughter. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, when you're – when you don't know where your dad is for five years and you're just assuming the worst that's happened to him and then he's suddenly back in your life and you went from being a child to now a teenager, which is, you know, we were both – we were all there and those developmental years, that's such a long period of time when you're, like, going Mm -hmm. from, like, what? Like, how old do we think she is in this film? I don't know. But when you're going... About 18. Yeah. So, like, let's let's say, like, I... Let's say she was, like, I don't know, like, 15 or something when Scott came back. When you're going from, like, 10 to 15 and you don't have your dad in your life, you're gonna, like, develop maybe some, you know, 
emotional baggage or problems. And I just felt like it was too easy that she was just so, like, we got to save the world. We got to, like, do every. (laughs) We got to be good people. I'm like, Cassie. Oh, and then don't get me started on, hey, yeah, I just casually, um opened a portal to the quantum realm because I'm really smart. It's like, what? It's like a satellite for deep space, but quantum was such an eye rolly line. I was like, okay, I'm like, I know that you have, I I know that you have people in your life that are extremely smart, but like, really? And, but then I need to think back. I'm like, well, Riri Williams is like really smart too. And we, we are getting like this, this, um, kind of this trend of like really smart teenagers in there's too many STEM girls. There's too many. Okay, I, there's I, I, too I, many fucking STEM girls. I'm glad you said it. I was afraid to say it, but yes, Disney, there's too many STEM girls. Wait, in or the other than Riri, I don't know what who's Disney... the other STEM girl? Because uh, Kate Bishop isn't STEM. Kamala Khan isn't Bruno's STEM, but not Kamala Khan. Yeah. There. Well, um, Shuri. I guess I don't. Are we talking? Are we, are we talking women or girls? Are we talking like teenagers or like adults? I'm. Mm. I guess anyone. I will yeah. say that yes, I I understand where you're coming from, Kate. The one thing that I like about Cassie that differs from all of our other Young Avengers is at least she's not like plucky little. Oh my God, it's Hawkeye. Oh my God, you know, like I'm I'm yes. done with that. So yeah, I'm done with that. At as least well. that is different enough. It is frustrating because young Cassie, we've like. Unlike these other characters, we're not meeting Cassie for the first time. We've, like, grown up with Cassie. And we know that she has a lot of personality and she's a weirdo. Yeah. Like, the first time the first time she's introduced in the first Ant-Man, he gives her an ugly doll, right? And she's, she's like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I just I just didn't get any, um, like, I, I really was, like, losing that quirkiness from her. Like, it just felt like. Yeah. And I think, like, the one, the one little scene they gave her where I think they were, like, Look, she's quirky. She's fun. Was when she's when she's telling. Um, remind me of his name. I um, you know, Modoc. floating floating head Modoc. Modoc. She's telling Modoc like, "You're a dick. Don't be a dick." And he's like, "I'm not a dick." And it's like, okay. It's, uh, sorry, just to. I I don't think this was good writing, but just to clarify, he says, "How can I stop being?" Or she says, "Just don't be a dick." And he's like, "How can I stop? I'm su- look at me. I'm such a dick." And he she goes. <laughs> It's never too late to stop being a dick. And I think Marvel thought we would like that line and laugh a lot more. But that late into the movie, we were like, what is going on? I think they thought we were all going to, like, laugh and cheer. And, like, she says that she in, in, in our, what I would say was a pretty, like, maybe, like, 75% full screening of this movie. She goes, like, it's never too late to stop being a dick. There's one guy in the theater who goes, whoa. And we all kind of are just, like, and then everyone else is, like, silent. Like, I like none that of guy. us laughed. We were all like, Ugh. um, Leah. Since we have now touched on Modoc, do you want to get on your soapbox? <laughs> oh my gosh! Please tell us what you think about Modoc. I'm begging. I love Corey Stoll so much. Corey Stoll is one of my favorite actors. <laughs> this movie made him so ugly. <laughs> I I respect your it's opinion. Very I'm upsetting. not gonna say he's normally like that handsome of a man. <laughs> oh. So I'm not calling he him is, ugly. <laughs> wait, wait, who when he first came on screen? Who, Darren? Did you both yeah, but as as Modoc when he first came on screen in this yeah. film? Did you guys both immediately think of George Lopez and Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> I went, oh my god. <laughs> my friend made that joke after we were leaving the screening. Caroline made it. It was very funny. But... I turned to I turned to Megan, uh, my friend that I saw it with, and 
at the same time, we literally were like, George Lopez. <laughs> I thought it was funny that they had to do like a whole flashback to Ant-Man to be like, remember this guy? Remember this guy? Yeah. Remember when he came into uh, Cassie's bedroom and then she was like, boo! <laughs> and technically we set up that he's stuck in the quantum realm way back then. You forgot about it for sure, but oh, he did. is there. And then so they, had, they had to show, I'm sorry, they had to show the little flashback of him being made and then like his little fucking butt. His little butt. <laughs> But <laughs> that was actually I did that I did was, laugh heartily at that one. Yeah, that's funnier to me than his face. People on Twitter keep making fun of his face. I'm like, no, make fun of his tiny little butt. <laughs> so, uh, Leo, do you wish that that Darren wasn't Mo- like there was a Modok that wasn't Darren? Do you wish that? Yes. Okay. One one hundred percent. I am happy that he was in this film. There's he, there's no reason for him to be Modok, which as far as I'm. No, is not Darren Cross in the comics. Modoc is like a different guy. Oh, really? I know. I know. There's a whole cartoon show about him on Hulu in which he's played by Patton Oswalt, um, but it's it's a different man. Interesting why they so thought to combine. I thought them. that was an interesting choice. He, um, toys probably. It's just funny that out of all of the characters that they neglect from previous Ant-Man movies that they neglect to bring back, they bring back Darren. And of course his name is Darren, so every time he shows up, everyone is like, Darren? Which is just I mean, that's funny. funny. That's a good thing, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also, like, tying in to the fact that all of us have forgotten about him, too. So they're all like, oh, yeah. Yeah, his name is, like, George in the comics. (laughs) Darren is better. up this interesting question while we were texting earlier now this is the third installment of the ant-man movies ant-man and the wasp quantumania or what my twin sister likes to call ant-man 3 or ant-man and the wasp 2 or ant-man and the wasp quantumania 1 (laughs) they did do a bad job titling these movies i will give you that however i refuse to call it ant-man 3 and obviously the wasp in this ant-man and the wasp quantumania is janet because hope is not in the show hope's not doing a ding dang thing and that's i guess i saw a review where they were like they gave her no screen time and they gave her that god awful haircut. Oh, the the wigs for Evangeline Lily are awful. as somebody who has a huge crush on. I mean, I shouldn't say Evangeline Lily because she's a little problematic, very anti-vax, which might be why her role was so diminished oh, in this movie. True. Um, I want her to have good hair though. Just give her good hair. Anyway. Leah brought up this interesting conversation about, like, what it means to be a trilogy movie, right? Like, we've seen three Iron Man movies, three Thor, three Spider-Man. We'll, three we Captain will get... America. Sorry? Three Captain America. Three, we technically will, we will have a th- We will have a third Guardian. Yes, so we will. What does it mean to be an Ant-Man movie, and what do we expect out of a Marvel trilogy? This is a question Leah asked, and now like, I'm like sounding smarter, repeating it back to her. <laughs> but, Leah, answer because, your like, own question. Well, because, so I think the Iron Man trilogy is effective as a trilogy. Oh, like, yeah. You could be, you could sit down one afternoon and be like, I'm going to watch the Iron Man movies, and that could be your own little movie marathon. Right. Um, and they, like, reference things that happen in other films, but it, they work on their own. Captain America trilogy is where it immediately starts falling mm-hmm. apart because the third movie is an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Thor, they got to the third movie and they said, let's start over, and <laughs> Love and Thunder might as well be Ragnarok too. Um, 
Spider-Man has a similar issue to Captain America, where the third movie, they're like, let's blow up the world. Yeah. Fun. Like, make it bigger. Fun. So, yeah. I mean... The Avengers works, I think, as a trilogy. Sort of. A quad quadrilogy <laughs> yeah if well, you look at those infinity War part one two. Part two yeah i yeah. really feel like iron man is the only like one that can kind of be self-contained I think it is. and but it was early it enough sense. that it could be like yeah. nothing else was really going on then i mean it makes I, sense because it was it was really the first trilogy that they got the ball rolling with so it makes sense that they were able to keep it self-contained now trying to do a trilogy in like in this current mcu day and age is impossible because you just have like every movie is if you think about it kind of like an avenger movie lately because they they're pulling from so many different storylines like and that's maybe where some of the quite the you know i don't like to say it because i'm not fatigued yet but i've heard a lot about mcu fatigue marvel fatigue and i'm like maybe that's where a little bit of it is coming from is because when the first Avengers came out, it was so huge, right? It was like, oh my god, we have all these movies, and now we're putting them all together. That's amazing. Now that's every MCU film. So it's like, it's like almost feels like the Avengers title has like lost its touch in these standalone films that should be standalone are not self-contained anymore. And it's to the point where like we're not even sure which movies that come, like the Shang Chi's, the Eternals that come out, are they going to have sequels or even third movies, or is this now just all of these little standalones? That will come together in what? Maybe Avengers, the King Dynasty, maybe the Marvels. Who knows? <laughs> I think I think Guardians 3 is going to do a good job mm-hmm. being the third. Yeah. But other than that, and and maybe this, the good that Quantumania can do is to sort of break us of that, like, every movie must be Avengers level great. Yeah. And we can just go back to being like, oh, it's an Ant-Man movie. I don't. He's not my favorite. Okay. And just, like, wait for the next thing. Yeah. Maybe. I just, I also love street-level dynamics. Like, I I love Spider-Man Homecoming. I will Me say too. Spider-Man has an arc in the sense, like, the first Spider-Man movie is Peter just trying to be a hero. The second Spider-Man movie is Peter just trying to be a kid. And then the third Spider-Man movie is Peter just trying to be Peter, but he can't do that. Everyone forgets him. Uh, but they still have to, like, blow up the world exactly. and and make it a team up. And yeah. I mean, Quantumania had the benefit of, because of time dilation or whatever, who knows? It could take place in literally a second, and they come back into the this real world true. and nothing has happened. Oh, I have another gripe about that. Go ahead. Well, well it, it, seems like, it seems like really no time did pass, because then you've got Paul Rudd walking through San Francisco like, woohoo, life is great. Wait. I love that. It's weird because he says also at the end of the movie, it's it's been a weird day. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess it has been a day. It's a place in a day. But and especially in a movie where time matters so much or like in the like they've talked about quantum realm and time so much to the point where like literally it feeds the time travel of Endgame. So I feel like it's almost more important to be like, okay, can you tell us how much time has passed or no, you just want to crave citrus. (laughs) So, oh, don't get started on the crave. So now, now I have to. Uh, that made me so angry because that's clearly a reference to civil war. To civil to civil war. Yeah. When he says, "Can I get some orange slices?" I didn't need that explained. That to me was a hilarious joke about little league and how <laughs> like soccer moms bring orange slices to kids playing their little sports games. I didn't need some weird like 
quantum lore as to, oh, you know, you crave citrus when you get big. Let it be a silly joke. It was such a weird fucking joke. I was like, why are they talking about this right now? So Scott was in the quantum realm at the beginning of Endgame. And I think he's, they said he was there for about an hour, which tra- which was the length of the blip in our world-ish. Kang couldn't find him in that hour? <laughs> that is- he didn't meet... He didn't meet any other quantum people in that hour? Was he just sitting on his butt? <laughs> like, what was he doing? He's been there before. I don't know. No, that is a really good point. I mean, all of the quantum realm stuff doesn't really make any sense. And in Ant-Man and the Wasp also didn't make any sense. But I don't know. I was just able to eye roll over it more easily because I think we're all like, it's fine. It's not going to make sense. But then after it plays such yeah. a critical role in truly the most important movie, Avengers Endgame, like... Then you kind of have to start explaining things a little bit more. There were these interviews that came out after, was it after WandaVision, before uh, Multiverse of Madness? But like around the WandaVision, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Loki time, where they're like, oh, don't worry, we we at Marvel HQ have it all worked out. We know exactly how time travel works and exactly how everything works. And I was like, tell, tell me, me, please. I would like to know. I Because I don't trust you because... Multiverse of Madness didn't add up with what I learned in WandaVision and what I learned in Loki. So if it adds up to you, what is it? Get Luis to explain it to me. <laughs> Bring Thank back you. Luis. Ants. Ants make an Ant-Man movie. Yeah, I didn't like the ants did you this like, one. Did you, like, did you like in the weird probability situation where he became a tower of ants? No, I hated that He so was much. an Ant-Man. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was, that was in it? mass. That was, that was things in mass. You probably hated that. It was in the trailer, and then I asked Deanna about it intentionally. I said, I know there's a lot of Ant-Men at one point, and I would like to not see it. And she said, yes, they make a tower. Look away. Like, of ants. And then Hope comes in and saves the day. Did you know she was in this movie? It was just like, I just was honestly just, like, so... Like, I know this was supposed to be, like, a climactic part. Like, look, like, look at this cool scene of all these, all these Scott Lays. And then, like, I just thought it was so stupid. And then to have the fucking... The fucking Baskin Robbins Scott be like, hey, and he's like the only Baskin Robbins Scott in the whole pile, and he's like, woohoo! I'm like, what is happening? That's what Mallory Rubin pointed out on the Ringerverse is that all of these Ant Man look the exact same, have the exact same suit except for this one Baskin Robbins Ant Man. Like, look at everything everywhere all at once when you see multiverses, and just get fucking creative. Like, it's not that hard. It was so boring. It was just supposed to be like or, a, a gag. Or, it was so awful. Yeah. Or or don't do the Baskin Robbins guy and make and make the rules of the probability thing different. Yeah. Like you're just, it's just probability from this moment on yeah. or you know something like yeah, that. yeah that would make sense also what makes an ant-man movie is a heist of some sort of like theft because that's who scott lang is but again this heist was so stupid because there was no it was, was not no a heist clever heist aspect so he just went down trunk okay now i'm out you know like i just wanted some more conflict and of arc but look it just it's just like as someone who really likes like who re- i really loved the first ant-man movie I, 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 I liked the second one. I wasn't, like, crazy, but, like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing, but I still, like, had a pleasant time. It just, it's just as, like, if you have a formula for this character, Scott Lang, and it works, stick to it. Like, mm-hmm. people go, or people were going into this movie being, like, I want to see an Ant-Man movie, and that's, like, not what we got. And I think we were just too focused on... Like, it just, I, I feel bad, because I, I actually, okay, I love Paul Rudd. I think he's, like, one of the sexiest men alive, and he's so funny. <laughs> I fucking love Paul Rudd. 
and I love Scott Lang. And it's like, I'm really sad that his movie had to be used as like a spring, just a springboard for the MCU to advance Kang. I'm like, like, I'm like, no, like, Ant-Man deserved more than just being like this hollow movie where it just advances a bigger plot point forward. It made me feel really sad. I was like, damn, like, why'd it have to be Ant-Man, you know? I wouldn't even say, since he died, I wouldn't even say that it did advance that plot point forward. I mean, I feel like it did because You think he's coming back. I I think it did because they all got alerted. I mean, well, that's the thing. The only way that if you if you didn't stay for the end credits, which if you're going to a Marvel movie, why are you not staying in the credits? Like that's okay. First of all, but I was watching people get up and leave, and I was like newbies, and I didn't shout that at them. Um, Do people really? They're probably just going to the bathroom. Please tell me. Some people just like left. Some people just left. That's bonkers. I'm wondering if some people were just like this movie sucks so bad that they just left. But, but this had great post-credit scenes. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, but, but really that's did. what annoyed me. It's it's like I feel like the only things of value in this film were the two post-credit scenes. Like, I feel like those two were the things that pushed the movie forward more than anything else. There's a part in this movie where Janet tells King it's over, and King says, "Can't you see? It'll never be over." And that felt like an analogy Ooh. for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you see? We will never stop making these movies as long as we make money. But we are shortening now, right? So we're going to have two more movies this year. We're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and The Marvels, which is the second Captain Marvel movie, but also the sequel to both WandaVision and... Mar- Again, we're, good. we're running scared. away from trilogies. I, I can't wait. I'm I'm going to boldly make that my most anticipated oh, of the year. wow. Higher than Across the yeah. Spider-Verse? That's mine. Oh, yeah. Of the, yeah I, well, that doesn't... That's, that's not category. really... That doesn't really count. Oh, sorry. We're just talking Marvel movies. I, anyway, let's talk about Marvel yeah, movies. Of the so three. we have those three coming out, and we have two series. We get, we're going to have Loki Season 2 and Secret Wars. Am I missing anything, Leah? I think that's it. Um. Yeah. I don't think... Ironheart is like a maybe. Okay. The Riri Williams show. But it looks like we are lessening. Star- we're back in... starring Alden Ehrenreich and Anthony Ramos. <laughs> we're back in a... Uh, Iger era. No, JPEG is not calling shots anymore. So I'm feeling that we're going to move towards back towards quality over quantity. But how are y'all feeling? Are y'all excited about the rest of this year Marvel wise, the rest of these phases Marvel wise, or are we kind of, it's funny because when uh, the reviews for Ammon and the West Quantumania came out, my cousin texted me like so bummed. He's like, damn, it looks awful. People don't like it. And I was like, he was like genuinely upset by it. And I'm like, this doesn't make me upset. Cause at this point I'm, I'm expecting to be underwhelmed and I'm expecting that it'll just be fine. I'm not really going into anything hoping for something to be amazing, but I'll just keep watching it. I don't know. How do y'all feel? I didn't like the movies last year as much as I typically like Marvel movies. And compared to like the beginning of phase four, like I really liked Black Widow and Shang-Chi and the Eternals. And I'm a little bit in the minority, I guess. Um, So... I don't know. I think this was fine. I the Guardians are not my favorite, but I feel like that will be... James Gunn has definitely made a good, competent, funny movie that people will like. I can't really imagine him screwing that up. <laughs> so perhaps that will at least like calm down discourse <laughs> for a while. Um, I'm very intrigued by the Marvels and bracing for people being annoying because it's women, because that's... Just, like it's yep. nuts it's a she hulk was so good last year 
And it had the most nonsense. I had to deal with nonsense. <laughs> and Miss Marvel as well. Like, She-Hulk and Miss Marvel were such good TV shows. Miss Marvel was amazing. It was incredible. I, the way I sobbed through the penultimate episode of Ms. Marvel, Aww. I was like, thank God I'm not watching this with anyone. I hosted a viewing party for every other episode, and I was like, thank God this is the one I'm alone for, because this would be humiliating. Like, here's my thing. Like, I I still will go see every single Marvel mm-hmm. installment that comes yeah, out. Down. Because at the end of the day, I still think, like, I mean, okay, I really didn't like this movie. I feel really bad. But there's been times where I've seen Marvel movies and I've just been, like, mid on them. But even, like, a mid experience with a Marvel movie for me is still an enjoyable experience. Like, I was actually, Leah, like, I was, I remember I was, like, 50-50 on Eternals. But still, when I look back at it, I'm like, but I still had, like, a really good experience in that theater, you know? That's kind of how I feel about this one. Oh, really? I just... Yeah. I, I I did not have a good experience in this theater for yeah. this one, and I need them to, like, not do this again. This was, I felt like this, <laughs> this was, like, so bad. Though, I, I should say, I was going to see this movie again this weekend. And <laughs> didn't. decided And decided against it, and then I, I then I was going to do it, and then I decided against it, and ultimately did not. So maybe that tells you all you need yeah. to know. And this is the <laughs> biggest drop between weekends of all Marvel It's all your fault. In box office-wise. My fault. I did it. Leah, why didn't you go see it a hundred times? Because um, uh, it was snowy. <laughs> I will say, like, our... Our enthusiasm for Marvel, again, hasn't changed. Like, I have a group chat with all of my cousins that are Marvel fans. And, like, the Friday that Shreya and I, my twin sister and I, were going to see the movie, we were texting. And we're like, we're going at 6.30 Pacific. And one of my cousins was like, we're going at 7 Central. And one of my cousins were like, we're going at 10 p.m. Eastern. And I was like, wow, you're young. I couldn't do that. (laughs) But, you know, I love that, you know, we're still being connected and excited by these movies in a sense. You know, I can't fucking wait for Miss Marvel because I love Kamala Khan and I love Brie Larson and I think Tiana Paris is also really good like the she's so good the anticipation is still there the excitement is still there I'm just worried how much longer can this last you know yeah I don't know I mean as long as they don't make another Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania it will last a long time for me I just I remember like before Black obviously Black Widow was like the first Marvel release in over a year so it was more anticipated but like my friend was doing Scarlo Scarjo braids on my hair before I went because I was so excited and like before uh before I was so anxious seeing that movie (laughs) but like because I've been because I've been wanting a Black Widow movie since like 2000 you know 11 or whatever yeah and like you know re-watching older like before before Spider-Man No Way Home everyone was watching all the Spider-Man movies and before this weekend my again shout out to my friend Diana from Germany she was like oh I'm watching Ant-Man I'm gonna watch Ant-Man and the Wasp should I watch Civil War and I was like it didn't even cross my mind to rewatch old Marvel movies before this weekend because yeah. the enthusiasm has just whimpered but also I guess now we have like we're living in a post-vaccine world where we have more time to do other things here's my thing this yeah. is what I want from Marvel because this is why I like Marvel gen- like usually it, it makes me care like, I just remember so many times where these characters have had relationships with each other or have done things that have made me just care very deeply about this world. Endgame, you remember, Shruti? We were sobbing. We were, like, yeah. mess. We were, we were a mess in the theater with, with Keats. We were, oh, my God. I have pictures of the three of us crying, right? <laughs> I've cried during, like, I, you know, I, like, if, if, this, if these movies can, like, make me care again, then, like, they'll have me for as long as I'm probably alive. Let's be real. Um, And I just feel like, that's my big gripe why I, I didn't care for this film was I just like I didn't care 
I, I, I just, they, they just didn't do anything to make me care. I didn't care about Scott and Cassie's relationship because I just feel like they, they didn't have any, like, heart-to-hearts that made me care. I didn't care about, like, any, I didn't care about anything in this film. And that makes me really sad and kind of scared. Because I'm like, they, they need to do less complex world-building, time travel-y stuff that makes, like, that I'm frankly confused by. And they need to do more, like, back to the roots, which is, these characters have these interactions and they're heartfelt and they're meaningful and I care about them. There was one heartfelt moment for me where I like did feel a little twinge flutter in my heart when after Janet has admitted to sleeping with Bill Murray's character because she has needs. My um, God. Michael Douglas says, I also nice. went on one date with this one woman. She was, her name was Janet, but it just, or not, not Janet. What was her name? Oh my God, it was not Janet. That'd be awkward. I think it was Carol? I forget, but no. Carol Susan. She said, and then he says, anyway, he goes, it didn't work out. And she says, why didn't it work out? And he goes, she wasn't you, baby. And that really made my heart flutter. Like, Like, just do more of those moments. Like, we need, because there was like no discussions, like, especially with the Wasp and Janet. I, I like needed like mother daughter bonding and like, I, I just got, like, nothing. It was just so plot-heavy, the whole film. I think they could have taken out a battle, and they could have taken out 20 minutes of, I can't tell you, it's too dangerous. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, she could have just told them immediately, this is what's happening. So then we could have gotten all... walk and talk, baby. We could have gotten all the exposition out of the way, and then they could have had room for their relationships to grow. I think that's the most mind-boggling part of this movie is that, like, other movies, like, Eternals, uh, I guess y'all liked Eternals. I didn't like Eternals. And the flaws, like, it just should have been a show or, like, there was too much to get through. Like, you can see why it didn't work and what they were attempting. This is, like, an easy network note of, hey, just tell your daughter what's going on. Hey, give your daughter arc. Like, why didn't they do that? Even with all of the plot of the Eternals, you know every single character dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do, because they did a good job. Like I'll, I'll say, and that's what Marvel—that's what Marvel does well. Like Marvel is a is character driven. I would. That's say. why I love it, and I just felt like all the soul was like sucked out in this film, and I'm just like really scared moving forward with how complex they're trying to make this world now, especially with like Kang. Yeah. Because I'm like, is th- is there gonna be too much? Oh no, we need to explain what the fuck is happening unless hey, let's all, like, make these relationships. And the fact that, I mean, maybe this was more fueled by Chadwick's passing, but in Wakanda Forever, I cried, like, multiple times. Like, Full Out was, like, almost sobbing because of the relationship that, like, Shuri had with T'Challa, right? Mm -hmm. And just, like, her grieving and her pain and her loss. And I think that was so effective because they set it up so beautifully in the first Black Panther movie where, like, they really showed this bond between this brother and his little sister and like I just like like if Marvel wants to keep my attention they have to keep doing things like that and I just felt like they're not doing it right I mean at least in this film I really hope Guardians of the Galaxy I need Guardians Galaxy like make me fucking cry over their whole like found family (laughs) thing I for sure will I need I need I think it's definitely going to I need them to take the found family thing and just like shove it in my face and be like now (laughs) cry and I'll be like okay (laughs) (laughs) and we need leaders i've been sitting here mulling over Mm. like not to be obnoxious but without iron man and black widow and captain america uh, steve rogers i don't know who like i think it's calling the shot i think it's peter i think it's gonna be well but nobody knows who peter is for the young avengers (laughs) sorry for the young avengers i think it'll be spider-man 
I don't know who's gonna lead like the older crew. I don't know. I feel like they've definitely be been strange. Like, I'm sorry. Long. I don't want it to be Doctor Strange. Yeah, because I I don't care about Star Lord. I don't. You know, it won't be Star Lord. Star Lord's uh, too unserious to be a leader. Could it? Could it? Could have been Wanda, but she's evil and dead now. <laughs> well, could it be Captain Marvel? Uh, that'd be nice. Oh yeah. I I could see. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's so true. They do need, like, some kind of, like, I'm like, how are they going to assemble all these characters? Yeah. Though I guess, though I guess that, uh, that, um, post-credits for Shang-Chi did give us an idea that it's, like, Bruce Banner. Oh, yeah. It's Carol. Bruce. Carol Danvers and Wong. Yeah, yeah. but Bruce just goes and, off planet to find his son sometimes. <laughs> and, and this is all to say, you know who I would like to see? Anthony Mackie. Oh my god, me too. I fucking love him. I miss him. Oh, I think he's such a great person to be like a leader because he was so close to Cap. I don't know. He is Cap. He is Cap now. But um, he is the captain. Now. He's the captain. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe yeah. if you want some like cool, even further redemption stuff, like also make Bucky a leader too. She well, he is. He's, gonna, he's the he's yeah. the leader of the Thunderbolts Marvel Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. My God, there's um, so much happening. There's so much happening. That's a that's a movie I'm I'm intrigued. Who did by they just too. add to the Thunderbolts? Didn't they just add somebody? Fucking yeah, they did. Who was it? Um, oh, Stephen Yun. Oh right. <gasps> oh <laughs> my God, yeah. I did not know about this. Yeah, okay, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> fucking oh in, my god in a in a role that will be significant to the mcu a horrible new phrase that we just have to put in press <laughs> oh releases god, now that's actually to tell terrible. you look look look, yeah. look look i don't care i fine. do not care no what yeah. they do as long as I'm that man is this. on that screen you have my full attention <laughs> i love steven like Yen. that's a sexy cast they also just cast io Oh, they did? Wow, she is popping off. Guys, maybe I didn't like Ant-Man Quantumania because... There was no sexy people in it, really. I mean, Paul Rudd is sexy. Well, Jonathan yeah. Majors. Yeah, because they made Corey Stoll ugly. Because here's my thing. Like, you want to know... I mean, I loved Wakanda Forever, but do you want to know what had, like, 25% of my, like, total focus? Anymore. Yeah, and and him in his little tight booty shorts. Let me tell you. Before we wrap things up, I have one more gripe with the movie that I want to get out, but I'm curious Tell if me. y'all can guess what the gripe is. Guess what the gripe is? Ooh. It's me. <laughs> It's you, it's it's you. You're the problem. It's was you. Was it the billing? My number. It was not the billing. It was in the beginning of the oh, movie. It was in the movie, and you had a gripe with it. The beginning of the movie. The very the beginning. first part of the movie. The like, first scene of the movie. The first scene should have so been funny. a cold open. Like what the? Fu- and I went back. Oh, I yeah. went back and I rewatched Ant Man at the beginning of Ant Man and the beginning of Ant Man and the Wasp. Every movie should have a cold open. And that this movie like was literally built to have a cold open with Kang going down into the quantum realm and saying, what is this place? And then cut to thump, 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 thump. Like, it'll be so Wait, can hype. I, can I ask but no. you? Wait, did the dump the dump the dump come before? Yes! Oh, it did? Shran and I literally looked at each other like, what is going on? And the cold open is literally right there. Like, it makes sense to have the Marvel logo in between that and Scott Lang's very jarring, different tone 
little goofy little voiceover. And I just think that, like, it makes me, like, I, again, the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, sorry, just Ant-Man and the Wasp or Ant-Man 2, uh, <laughs> cold <laughs> open, is, is just, like, Hank telling Hope about Janet's backstory and how she got lost and maybe we can bring her back. And then the Marvel logo cuts in and you get so excited and then like just generate some enthusiasm for the movie. Why not use that free ammo that you have to get people hyped for the movie? I don't understand. I forgot that. So Shruti, Leah, Shruti is like cold opens are like her thing. So I forgot. I forgot. She's seen me complain about. (laughs) I I didn't even realize. You know, I think I forgot. Because they just all get sucked into the quantum realm so fucking fast. That's why yeah. I forgot about, like, literally what happened in the first, like, five I will literally before. take the six of them around the dinner table hanging out for three hours. It was great. It was so yeah. fun. Do you have, a, do you well, have any I, last gripes, Leah? I have an, I have an anti-gripe. I was oh. a little bit worried when Catherine Newton was cast mm-hmm. as to why they were aging up this character. Because I thought they were going to do something they ultimately did not do. So Cassie Lang in the Young Avengers comics um, has a boyfriend Ooh. named Iron Lad. Oh. And Iron Lad, and Iron Lad is a Kang variant. Oh. Who who know who is aware that he grows up to be a villain and is trying not to. <gasps> I be. fucking love that. I love that. Yeah, isn't that nice? But I and so I got so scared. I was like, oh. She's older than Emma Furman, but she's still too young to be dating Jonathan Majors on screen. Please don't do this. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Huh. So well, I'm we, glad that that didn't happen. Well, I wish. But I, mean, I still would like to see them cast someone as Iron Lad and do that storyline. I mean, because that's the way they could have cool. gone around that could have been like, because like Jonathan, like, like Kang and these variants are clearly all like older, like they're like into adulthood. Yeah. Maybe they could have casted another actor who's like younger, but hopefully like resembles Jonathan Majors and could have been like this is like teenage king I would have been down for that if they had casted someone else um that's too bad I actually guess I guess there's still time I actually love that because then imagine the friction that that would have caused between Mm -hmm. Cassie and Scott way more than what we got actual conflict in this movie that's crazy don't talk about that no way All right, before we wrap things up, let's play the quick with an and game. Leah has excused herself from this game because she observed it in the credits. So, Kate, it's all on you. If you're unfamiliar with this game, you know. Actually, I don't remember the and. Okay. So I can guess. Okay, you can guess that. I can guess that. Um, So if you're unfamiliar with the game, uh, basically. Yeah, you go first. Sorry. No, you're good. If you're unfamiliar with the game, uh, in credits for a lot of movies, they add a little with or and before certain people's name to give them a little boost in credibility. For example, I just rewatched Everything Everywhere All at Once last night, fantastic movie, which is ah. with James Hong and Jamie Lee Curtis, because those are, I mean, not that Michelle Yeoh is not a hot top actress, but she is first billing, and then Jamie Lee Curtis gets the little and at the end. So in this movie, I believe I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's one with and one and credit. Okay. Kate. Who do you think has the with and and credit? With and and. And I always forget which one holds more weight. I don't Damn. know if that, I think and holds more weight, but I like that's again, that's just in my mind. I'll ask some Hollywood lawyer. <laughs> okay. I'm just looking at the cast. I know one of them for sure I want to put in here. It's just um, who's the other one is my big thing I'm trying to figure out. I can tell you who I guessed while I was waiting for the credits to go. So I guessed okay. also... Oh, but are you going to tell me if it's wrong or right? Don't tell me. You can I tell me what you guessed, but. I guess that, first of all, I, I guess this when I didn't need to. I guess that Jonathan Majors would be credited second. <laughs> oh. Um, 
But I understand why Evangeline Lilly does have to be credited second, considering it is Ant-Man and the Wasp and the King, not just Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> um, okay, and then I, I have, guessed, um, yeah. I think I guessed with, uh, I think I guessed with Michelle Pfeiffer and Bill Murray. Okay. I'm, so here's my thing. I think that Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Douglas have too big of roles to be with an and in this movie. I feel like they mm-hmm. are central characters. So I'm going to guess. This is weird, but I, I just feel like he, he didn't have a big enough role that maybe he could get away with this and because of his weird circumstance. But Corey Stoll as as Darren slash Modoc as the with. Mm-hmm. And then Bill Murray as the and. All right, Leah, what is your and guess? Okay, then I'm going to guess and Michelle Pfeiffer's. And okay, Leah, do you want to share who the with credit is? Oh, no. Yeah, with with is absolutely Corey Stoll. <laughs> what I got it. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit of a spoiler because um, Leah's obsessed with him, so she obviously. Who's, wait, I, am, am I right? Is the and Bill Murray? No, it is oh. and Michael Douglas as oh. Doctor Hank Pym. What? Oh, yeah. Why did he get the? I, I always get... think it's really interesting when they also like it, like at the end of Avengers Endgame with. Josh Brolin as Thanos, or it says Nick Fury as Samuel L. So, Jackson. I don't know why certain people get their role. Bill Murray? I mean, credit. I know he was only in a scene, but Bill Murray didn't get anything. He's such, like, a huge actor. He's credited in, like, the top credits. I think it goes Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors is third. Um, then it must go It must go Michelle Pfeiffer next, and then probably Bill Murray. That's uh, interesting. I'm surprised Bill Murray didn't get an and or a with. Um, because I know. That's the kind of role you really think is a with or and. But I was but wrong. And again, I, guess, I didn't you know need what? to guess Jonathan Majors would be second. But I just dug the hole deeper in my wrong grave by being like, and Jonathan Majors <laughs> is going to be credited second. You know but what, fun. though? I guess looking back, wow. Yeah, Bill Murray only had like one very insignificant scene where he kind of made a reference to, I slept with your mom, Hope. <laughs> so it's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of like, maybe it doesn't warrant the elevated credit i really thought when they cast him i was like is he gonna have like a really big part i was kind of excited congratulations y'all none of us won but on that note (laughs) i think coristal won (laughs) <laughs> but he did sure. Corey Stoll is one of my favorite Shakespearean actors I've seen him in like five four or five different plays Mordok wow. did Mordok did technically win because he got to die in adventure so yeah that yeah. was that scene was actually funny I laughed at that you did it buddy <laughs> you're one of us uh anyway <laughs> Leah thanks again for joining us I'm sure we'll see you again once the Guardians volume three rolls around but until then where can people find more of your work oh boy uh Cosmo Vulture it's about to get crazy there's so much TV happening in March and Succession so many coming out the same weekend like they're trying to kill me and Ted Lasso season 3 Ted Lasso Daisy Jones and the Six that's a good show Shadow and Bone oh yeah it's it's ridiculous are you gonna be covering these shows hopefully I can't wait to read I, I gotta get some lock down some pitches and stuff but yeah Hell I'm yeah. not recapping anywhere, but I will hopefully have things to say. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to read it and maybe discuss it on Yay. Chaos on the Set. Kate, where can people find you? Oh, you know, you can <laughs> find me at Kate underscore Wyatt on Twitter. Also, Kate Wyatt on Letterboxd. But Michael, who's not here because he's gallivanting in London right now, he told me that if I shared it, he would come 
swim back across the, uh, not the Thames, the Atlantic Ocean, (laughs) and just, like, knock on my door, and when I open it, just punch me in the face. So, can't do that. He punched me while saying, like, cheerio, you know, so. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Micromonte. You can find me on Letterboxd at Shruthimonte. And then you can follow the podcast. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. On all three, we are at Chaos on the Set.